and we're live episode 10 of coffee with the johns where's the sound effects it's in there i just i muted the tv but it's in there. i want to hear it okay there there we go go. my favorite sound and we're joined by a studio audience see (laughs) (laughs) there we go very very famous and very legit now um so episode 10 man we we got a a lot going on today last week if you Uh, joined us but we're gonna be covering a lot of real estate there's a lot going on with the millennials lumber prices uh interest rates there's a, a article that was very interesting possibly they were saying that interest rates may go up uh in 2021 so we're going to be covering that um gdp has been going up unemployment is getting better uh a lot of things we have uh some lyft and uber news from california we're going to talk about the movie industry i mean you know the coming civil war that might be happening so so it's going to be an interesting um Interesting, Interesting morning. For sure, we'll for sure. That. So Topics for days. People, feel free to jump in. Uh, we we really enjoy when you guys uh, join the conversation, ask questions, put your two cents and everything, because, uh, you know, even though it's Coffee with the Johns, we like to hear your feedback. So. Well, we got we to gotta talk about the, our new logo up here that we got right. from Can Opener so. Labs. I mean, what do you guys think of it? Actually, something that uh, the brainchild of John Barbera over here thought of and put on the wall, and we had some friends over at Can Opener Labs actually use, like, Ooh. what is it, custom wood, old-school wood slats that they glued together, then laser cut uh, for our letters, and then put that template on there. So, this. Okay. so yeah, so like John was saying, uh, we got this made from reclaimed wood, um, these old-style pallets that were done by Can Opener Labs, so they cut them down they laser cut them as you can see they they mushed them together and i mean it was a a real process they did an excellent job we we really love it we wanted to do something we weren't sure what and this is what came out and actually it's like exactly what i thought it was gonna look like i was like sweet so you can still see some of the grain and all that so we're, we're very happy with it so i hope you guys like it as well um with that being said uh, let's let's jump in. Let's jump in. And uh, you, uh, this article right here that I wanted to cover is about the lumber prices. So lumber prices continue to rise, you know, and it's pricing homeowners and builders out of the market. Um, this has been something that we've seen ourselves, and you can, and it's um. It's really affecting, you know, it's been affecting us. It's been affecting a lot of builders and we're seeing, what was it? Lumber prices increased 14% in August. Um, that's, that's a huge increase. And even though that's overall build costs, I believe that they were talking about, but we were seeing increases. Uh, there it is. So a sheet is going from 750 to $26 a sheet. That was the biggest thing we noticed that our Insane. contract started reading to us as saying to us that OSB it's I mean it's what you put on the decking of to walk on it's what you wrap your house in underneath your siding. So you have a lot of this stuff in your housing and to go from seven and a half bucks to $26 a sheet. I mean, that is just an astronomical increase. I mean, you're almost looking at a four X increase on that price alone. So when I'm reading this article there, uh, one of the chairman of, um, his name is Randy Noel of NAHB. Not sure what it stands for, but he was saying that a custom home builder, uh, was quoted a lumber package for, 
$28,000, which is twice as much as it was in February of 2019. So just less than a year ago that prices have doubled in the lumber price for a package for a whole house to where this is causing problems where they write, they say in this article that uh, it's causing builders to go back to their clients and just saying like, hey, sorry, we can't build your house. We have to pull out the contract, give here's your deposit back, we're done because they already have loans locked in for these prices and it, they can't afford to build the houses because the cost of materials and labor has gone up so much that they're just canceling prices altogether. So it is a yeah. big concern. Um, and one of the things that that, uh, that chairman mentioned, or he's a former chairman, uh, that the best immediate term solution would be to remove the tariffs on Canadian lumber because U.S. companies are not able to keep up with demand to bring in the lumber prices from Canada for the short term, for the short time period. And he said one of um, whoever is in charge of that said they could do that pretty easily to help supply the market to keep from prices running too high. I mean, for as a builder standpoint, like, I think it's a good idea in the short term. It's like, yeah, I get nationally to have why the tariffs are there. But right now it's like, you're killing the construction industry and home builder industry for housing. When we already have a housing demand and now you're saying that our prices are up so damn high that we're having to cut production costs and, and that's production. What, and that's actually been the biggest issue right it's it's precisely that we have a low inventory in housing and and not just even people selling their homes like we just have a low inventory of housing we had this low inventory before the crisis hit and we need more houses we need builders building houses but mm -hmm. when these prices are going so high interest rates low interest rates are helping a little bit by making it more affordable to pay higher prices but then lumber prices have been going up as well so it's kind of it hasn't really been balancing out yeah. where it helps out and it's like home prices have been rising but there's that in the article they mentioned it isn't going high enough to right. offset how appraisals are done because they go by like sales because tommy just talked about the three ways of determining valuation and that's the cost approach the sales approach and then the cost or cost replacement income approach and sales comp approach to where if you go by cost approach, it's now a far start to outpace the like sales approach, but some appraisers can go either direction. And that's where they're seeing this problem come in is that uh, they're not able to offset these costs and increase in the sales and prices or the sales prices. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, uh, it's interesting. And, and we've been talking about, we want to get more into the new build space. Um, and we're looking for more infill lots. So if you guys have any infill lots, send them over. But we are looking for more infill lots and everything. But we are taking this into account because even when ordering the packages, ordering all these things, like they're not guaranteeing prices. Yeah, those quotes I think we talked about a couple weeks ago to our MG here, big supplier here in town. They were only willing to do 30 day, they were doing 30 day price quotes, but since the price of lumber was increasing so rapidly, they're only given like three days, five days price, price locks on lumber packages. So yeah. that's a, it's a big difference. Huge, huge. Um, <laughs> so moving on, we have, uh, another very interesting article here that I, I found, uh, amusing, not amusing, but fun to read. And this article is about the impact that millennials have been having on the housing market. And there's a lot of interesting numbers, interesting facts in this article. So make sure to, uh, you guys check it out. And one of the biggest things that really caught my attention was that millennials accounted for 61% of all purchase loans and their average interest rates fell to 3.25%, right? So that's a record low. 
and 61 percent i mean that's that's big because i remember um must have been like about two years ago that i was looking at the stats of millennials and everybody was saying how we're going to have a housing crisis because millennials don't want to buy houses right they were saying how millennials want to be you know want to be flexible they want to have yeah. the space the, the options to be able to bounce around do whatever they need to do so uh, I kept a close eye on it, and now seeing that there's 61% of the buyers, I'm like, holy crap, that's that's a very large percentage. And it's, you know, 7 in 10, they did a survey. They say they had the flexibility to work from home. So of that segment, the majority held at least a bachelor's degree and had an annual income of over $100,000. So you have these millennials. They have good income unless you're living in new york and california um but they have good income they want to be working from home they want the space they're starting to move outside of the urban cities because they want the room they want the you know because of all COVID and everything that's been happening they don't want to be locked down anymore they don't want to be in that you know near all the bars that are shut down that that was that yeah. urban you know thing that everybody wanted that density downtown that was what san antonio was pushing for when we started our new builds in Dignity in the historic district, um, for those of you that don't know, it's it's literally minutes away from the downtown core of San Antonio. And the reason we were building there is because they want density. They want that 24-7 lifestyle. But now with COVID happening, that 24-7 lifestyle shuts down. Going away. <laughs> so you have that shutdown happen and you have all these millennials that, you know, now they're like, we don't want to be there. We want to be in the in the suburbs. We want to be further well, they want out. Space. They, yeah. they want room to move. Like if they have a dog or they have a young child or something like that. Because, I mean, you have two kids to where like being stuck in an apartment to where like it's like you can't even go outside besides yeah. you can go on a walk. But like you can't just say just go play in the backyard to where now you have that that you need that people yeah. want that to where like on a dime things shifted real quick i mean we i don't think we feel it as much in san antonio as we why well, we yes we are one of the major metros of the united states we're not a dense metro like a lot of these other places like the, the la or chicago or uh new york yeah. so we do have more space to where like we still in our downtown core home prices are still increasing so I mean, one one thing that's uh, funny here, Molly says, your bar is your house. <laughs> I completely agree. I mean, when everybody and um, I'm not going to say who was saying it, but when people were complaining about bars being shut down, I'm like, you're home. No. You, you have cheaper alcohol. I don't have you a don't pool have to table. drive anywhere. I don't have a pool table, <laughs> Get man. Get a pool table. You don't need a dining table. It's just you and Molly, two people. What do you need a dining table for? That's a pool table. <laughs> right, Molly? Like a pool table. Yeah. Get a uh, but uh, again, another part of the article that was actually interesting was um, they, because of this additional spending that these people have. Um, nope, not covering the article. Um, but because of the additional spending that these people had is uh, they, they want the extra space for DIY projects. And we saw that when this first shutdown happened, the stimulus went out um we had what what was it home depot lowe's i mean it looked like black friday there almost every day that place was packed you couldn't find fencing posts you couldn't oh, find no, two by fours it was ridiculous like people were doing everything and anything they could to do diys yeah fencing materials went through the absolute roof i remember uh like one of our contractors i asked him like how it's going and stuff and he's like i'm honestly telling like if they want a fence i was like honestly like 
if you can wait six months, 12 months or whenever things like slow back down, do it because I'm going to charge you. I have to charge you way more than I normally would just for the fact that like lumber prices are up so high. I mean, I thought it was funny in the article they talk about, um, Homemade sourdough has replaced the avocado toast as a stereotypical millennial trend that for was 2020. Hilarious. It's like, oh my God, the homemade sourdough because everyone's is working from home. Yeah. They're, they're they're working from home. They're staying home. Like I know some people that they've barely left their house since March. They only left their house. They had their groceries delivered to their house. They might go get something special at some store that that doesn't deliver, and that was it. It's like only maybe five or six times over like six, seven, eight months. I'm like. I would, me personally, like, I would go absolutely stir crazy. Like, well, I have to be outside. I like socializing. Because yeah. last night we went to a... Um, that's, that's what I was going to say. I mean, we, we went to a, a, finally a meetup, a networking event. Um, that was out outdoors. It wasn't indoors. Uh, uh, everyone, everyone was six feet apart. Oh, we, yeah. We had bubbles around us. Yeah, we, all, uh, we were all six <laughs> feet apart. <laughs> but, you know, uh, seeing the joy in your eyes was just warmed Aww. my heart <laughs> warmed my heart <laughs> but i mean and, and we were talking with the people that held the the meet up uh so thank you todd and uh elizabeth for inviting us having us uh, speak at that event it was a really good time and we had a blast there but uh, we were talking to them and they were saying how they still have people that are, are afraid to go out right and they're like hey you know i, w- I would love to attend but you know, I'm, I'm still and not that's, comfortable. And that's, where I was like, that's the way I think it should be too. It's like you need it. Like it's a choice. If you are worried, don't go out, but don't stop everybody. That's like everyone was there, knew there was an inherent risk. Like every, and I said, like, I, I can't remember who I was talking to last night. I said, there's a risk every day when you wake up. There's a risk every time you start your car and get onto highway. There's a risk every time you step onto an airplane that something might happen. Yeah. Same thing with scenario. Yes. The risk might be higher of getting ill, but it's like if you're young, you're healthy. There's a 99.99% chance you are going to be all right. Yeah. So I, that's where I think it, it should be, and that's where I like. Uh, I'm glad I live here in Texas and not some of these other places. Or like Tennessee. I just saw. Well, no, uh, France. I just heard this morning. Like as of midnight last night, you in order to leave your house, you have to have a special paper that indicates why you're leaving your house. You have to be approved to leave your yeah. house. All bars, restaurants, everything shut down because they were averaging 200 deaths a day across the entire country of France, and they shut the entire economy down. And you have to have permission to leave your house. Well, that that's like, been the case oh, in no. Spain. That's been the case. Uh, we still have uh, friends and family that are in Spain, and they were telling us the same thing in Argentina. I mean, it's you know, in in Argentina, I have family that live just outside the city, and they have depending on your driver's license is when you can actually go into the city. Wow. So in depending, you know, when, what days, um, what transactions can be conducted when you're there. I mean, it is just complete, just, you know, uh, martial law pretty much like it's shut down new york city i don't know if they still have it um maybe maybe you can tell me but um if they still have the shutdown that they closed down the city at like 11 p.m yeah. so they still have that shutdown i mean in this and 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 you're good and you're starting to see where uh new jersey came out recently and they were saying how if you have any plans for thanksgiving in uh december and christmas to travel cancel them because yeah. you're not going anywhere nobody's coming nobody's moving right so well, that's it's, where, it's, it's interesting yeah and that's it, it gets frustrating because every all you hear is the cases are rising cases are rising cases are rising it's like okay but like 
the death rate and, the, and like the percentages and stuff like that. Like, that's what I think it should be focused on. But like with all the elections and everything going on, it's all like, oh, the cases, we got record cases, record cases. Like, yeah. okay, we have record cases. Like, but in relation to record cases, is the death rate increasing at a rapid rate as well at the same pace? Because then that's, a, I will agree that, like, yes, that is a problem. But yeah. I do know there are some rises to it, but it's like, it, is it isolated? What is the data behind it? Not just like the headline behind it. Even if you read the article, they never go into it. So it's very hard to know like what in this environment we live in nowadays, like what is the truth? Because it's very hard to, yeah. what isn't politically motivated, what isn't influenced and what is real? What What is the truth is whatever is beneficial to the media in that moment to get the most views and ratings. Yep. So, and and it's, it's sad, right? But it doesn't even have to be the truth anymore. Nope. As long as it's going to get the ratings, they'll correct it later, even though they know nobody's going to read the correction. Eyeballs, that's what but they're going after. Moving forward. We have this article now. Um, this one I found actually kind of amusing. So it's the five reasons. Tommy will like this one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would love to hear your thoughts, Tommy, um, because this one is five reasons mortgage rates will rise in 2021. Um, they kind of cover a few. I think this person, um, this well, do you David, want to read, do you want to read so the, it's a guy. Yeah, that's what I was going to go over. Okay. So you have, um, I, I think he was definitely reaching with some of these uh points that he had um don't get me wrong i i agree that those are things that could cause it i just don't think that those things will happen so you know you have number one that's the fed right the federal reserve is the single biggest buyer of the agency of mortgage-backed securities so it's pretty much saying that the fed might be cutting back how much mortgage-backed securities they're going to be buying. Well, they've already cut back. I mean, they say right there they were buying like 200, what was it, 290 billion in March, and they've cut them back down to 100 billion um, every month, the months following that. Yeah. Uh, to where, yeah, if you have supply and demand, to where if a buyer, back, a massive buyer stops buying, it's going to cause a price deflect, an equilibrium right. in the uh, supply and demand aspect of it to where I, I do agree in that aspect that that could cause interest rates to rise if buyers, because some that yield has to go somewhere and like the prices have to drop, which inverse interest rates rise in right. order to people to take on that risk or to find those new buyers. Because basically if the federal government, not the federal government, the Fed is no longer buying the private market, private sector, or somebody else has to fill that gap. And if that gap isn't filled, interest rates have to rise to where it finds that new person that wants to come in and buy those securities. Right. So, and again, like I said, I'm not arguing with his points on how those things can cause interest rates to rise. I'm just more thinking like, are the Fed, is the Fed really going to keep decreasing? I don't think so. I, if it starts having a negative effect and interest rates start to rise, I think the Fed will up their buying because they can't have interest rates rising if the economy hasn't recovered. You know, they just that's their only tool right now is low interest rates. They have and they, we talked I mean, about it last pump, week. It's pumping money into the market. Yeah. That's exactly what that another way of doing that is like just buying mortgage backed securities. Like that's how you get liquidity into the market. Or I mean, at some point, I mean, like that can't be our only tool that we just buy forever. Uh, so what's the out? I well, don't know. I mean, I think we've have our both our opinions on that, but we can move on to uh, we next. have opinions. I don't think so. But <laughs> but Tommy had a great point. He says the real rate of inflation is at a point where treasuries are not worth the risk. Um, 
I, I mean, I agree. That's why. Well, that's what's causing interest. Like, that's why in the, the point where interest rates have to rise, where like it. I mean, when you have an agency like the Fed that doesn't care what the risk is, because I mean, their job is to support the economy. Or somebody, when they quit buying, has to step in. Or like, if it's not, I won't say it's an individual, usually an institution, to where like it's not worth the risk. So what makes it worth the risk? So, you got to pay a higher return. Well, so then my point is what Tommy just touched on here that. We've created enough death to scare most institutional investors away from long-term low-yield securities. <clears throat> and that's my thing, right? Like, that's what I've been seeing is that you've put so much fear into the market, so much doubt, so much fear of everything going on that even when uh, this week with the Dow, right? Uh, cases started rising. The Dow took a, what was it, 900 points at Dove on one day, like a day or two ago, uh, 600 a few days before that. Yeah. Um, it, it corrects, of course, but like that fear is in the market. So then if the Fed lowers it and interest rates start rising, people are going to get even more scared. You know, they're going to get even more scared and they're going to pull out. And then who the hell is going to buy it at that point? So it's a very the, interesting predicament that we've uh, yeah found ourselves in for sure. So and moving on, he, he talked about uh, number two, which is uh, the debt. Well, so the national debt, which you were just pointing at, right? So they were saying like the national debt rising. They're projecting that um, it's gonna it's right now at a hundred percent of GDP, and they're projecting that by twenty twenty one it's gonna be at a hundred and four to a hundred and seven of GDP, and by twenty three. 2023, it's going to be at nearly 200% of GDP. Um, you read that the wrong way. 107 of GDP in in 2023 I, I, and 195% of GDP I, I, I by like, 2050. That's a huge jump. I was like, oh, that's, that's correct. That's, but even then, like, the, here's another point I disagree with. Because while I agree that our debt to GDP is ridiculous, they keep fudging the numbers. Well, uh, my Because it's is like, it, what's GDP anymore? You know what I mean? Like, I think with debt and with GDP, like, we should... I know, because I've been following the economy since 08, and they've been threatening that the U.S. was going to cross 100% of GDP since then. That we were going to be the next Japan. We were going to be well over 100%. And then economists came out and said, even if we are, it doesn't matter. It's not going to affect it. Nobody cares. So then it's like... Well, my thing of it is like, where does anyone else go with cash? Like I say, oh, the, the our jet GDP is too Mexico. high. It's 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 hitting red zones and things like that. But like, yeah, but what other na uh, world economy, world currency is in a better position than the United States? Because one, like we at least still have not. I won't say it's positive anymore. We have zero interest rates, but we're not negative yeah. like so many of the other countries and the other banks are. Like Germany's negative, you, uh, Japan's negative, England the, the EU or, or the EU is negative. The UK is now saying that the Bank of England is saying, "Hey, are you guys ready to go for negative interest rates?" We talked about that last week. To where what other problem is i mean it, it's a it's a huge problem to where it's like uh tommy puts at it like you just have cash like cash is king because the i mean tommy you're going crazy with the comments i lost it where you're just talking about is <laughs> <laughs> it cash is king and t bills t bonds and savings accounts or saving bonds are no bueno because that it's literally buying an instrument from the government but yeah. if it's the equivalent of cash to where you get no yield from it i'm going to hold cash because i can use that cash immediately to go buy something, go buy an investment when the opportunity presents itself. But if it's a T-bill or it's a bond, I don't have to find somebody to go buy that thing 
and now move off to where or and then to get my cash to go buy that investment so so kind of moving forward with this article a little bit i'm just going to skip a few points because the one that i the only one that i feel that he had a point on is the um, that money grab i mean that adverse market fee that um that these mortgage-backed security companies these uh gses are going to be putting in freddie mac yeah Yeah. that faith the 50 basis point he says that could roughly increase rates 0.125 0.125 roughly right yeah and this goes into effect december 1st as of now they haven't pushed it again um we could possibly see that get pushed depending on how well, a lot of mortgage companies this. are already putting it in there too my parents just completed a refi oh, and yeah are. and they and mm-hmm. I, I was calling the mortgage broker and he was just duck, ducking my calls because he knew what i was calling about yeah and uh because they were getting ready to close and i told my mom i was like hey make sure they're removing that half point fee because it doesn't go into effect till december 1st and their loan origination estimate had increased from when they got quoted when they from 45 days ago and i was like what the hell is like the half point should be gone and but it got down to the point to where when you run the numbers it's only four dollars extra a month and it's like after this whole process is it really worth to go start over again because now we're at the end of October, almost November, there's a high chance that you might not get it done by December 1st when it's forced on there for that extra $4. Is it worth going the whole process again in their scenario? It's like, no, it's not worth it. So let's just go ahead and complete the refi. But a lot of these banks are already putting that stuff in there yeah, to where they, they need to build that into their systems and, and everything. that's what it is, right? Like that, that's what they don't understand. Like they say, you know, oh, uh, we're going to do this and for the banks and all this. It's like all these expenses are always passed down to the consumer. Always, 100% of the time. Because the banks yeah. are not going to take it. What was hit. that article? We thought that the, uh, we were going to put that fee in there. We thought the banks and lenders were just going to eat that fee. Yeah. Okay. Well, the same yeah. with UK when they talked about doing negative interest rates and they're like, you know, yeah, some of the banks might get hurt a little bit. And I'm like, no, the banks are not going to get hurt. They're going to pass that off to us because it's just what it is. And that's what people don't understand when you hurt the rich, when you hurt the banks, when you hurt them, when you they tax hurt, the rich, yeah, it's like, you hurt us all of because that they're going to pass that on. It's the same with lumber prices going too high. And if interest rates starts rising, you know, it's going to start pricing people out of the market because now home prices are going to start falling. It's going to be harder for people to qualify for them. Yep. Um, it's going to make it harder for home ownership. It's going to create an issue. And in the market where they seem to use home ownership as a gauge of, prosperity in the country so if that's the gauge you're going by they're hurt they're going to hurt the prosperity in the market and i think i guess the whole point with the whole article that you and i were talking about is how what type of effect interest rates have so what i'm more curious about is let's say you know calling the loans due and all this you're getting all these 30-year loans at such low interest rates and then let's say the interest rates for whatever reason start like just going up Mm-hmm. like crazy will banks start doing something to adjust those interest rates as far as let's say let's say use buy property subject to right that we do a lot of creative real estate would that start triggering trickling um triggering more due on sale clauses oh because I bet it would. you know now the banks are going to be paying attention to who has these long low interest rate loans yeah so i mean if, they, if they're rent, lending money at three percent and then somebody substitute it and all of a sudden realize like hey i can get five percent it's like yeah. i want that money back and there's a clear violation here that i can get but that doesn't work in the sense that if interest rates rise too fast and home prices come down too far it's like ooh man if the market starts slumping it's like well i better keep that 
because if I force that sale, yeah. I might not even be able to lend that stuff out. But I mean, it's a hypothetical and a very complex system to like where it might go. Who knows? It is, but it's what we always talk about as far as, you know, understanding the trends and understanding how things move. Yep. Because as investors and creative real estate investors, and we love subject twos, you know, we like investing. You got to be cautious. I We always say the same thing. Subject two is not for your beginning investor. There's a lot of risk in a subject two. You got to understand what it is. Just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it. You, sh you need to understand the risk involved with the subject two. That being said, it's something to keep in mind. Yeah. If interest rates, for whatever reason, start going up and going up. And usually when that's going to happen is if all of a sudden we hit like massive inflation. If we hit massive inflation, yeah, they're going to have to raise it. I think it's it a very low risk that that's going to happen right now. I and I mean, the last point that they put in here, and this is one I do agree with, that if it did happen... Um, would increase rates is if the GSEs, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, left government conservatorship. And basically what that means is these loans are no longer federally backed because the companies that are backing were not backed by the government anymore. To where that risk would need to be priced in to where it's the same thing. To where if you have the Fed not buying as much money anymore, then you have the, the companies that are originating and say they're backing these mortgages aren't even protected by the government anymore. I think you would have a, a portion where, yes, the overall interest rates, the, the overnight rate, and a lot of other rates would not change, but I could see mortgage interest rates rising based on that, even yep. though interest rates are saying, well, interest rates are supposed to stay low for 2023. Yeah, but there's a lot of other things that play into that number that um, – and they could drive up interest rates on mortgages. And where some of this stuff does come to fruition, I can see the case where I think some of the cases are kind of weak of what would cause that yeah. as far as the conservatorship, the debt, the GSE capital rule. Well, well, what I like the most about this article is what you and I have been talking about for quite some time with as far as the news and everything goes is it's good to have opposite opinions it's good to see the uh, opposite side of things not don't just look for information and data that validates your opinion look for contradictions look for things that oppose you just to make sure that your opinion is actually solid and, and doesn't have a lot of cracks in it that it's like well maybe you should reconsider this maybe you should do more research into it and that's why i liked about the articles because as soon as i see something that's contrary to what we believe or we think i'm in it i'm well, 100 I mean, because i want to know like it's am the, I wrong? It's the same what thing am I we, we always talk about it's like you have to read i mean there's three sides to every coin the heads tails and the edge like you can't just read the head side and not read the tail side to yeah. where to kind of where's the right opinion it's that kind of edge to be understanding both sides and not put all your chips on the table saying this is what's going to happen because don't speak in definites because anything can change like nobody saw this COVID thing going coming yeah. everyone for all projections we saw 2021 was going to be a gangbuster year yeah nope killed a lot of people so or a lot of business a lot of economy i mean it, some of the stuff we're going to talk about as far as how far the economy crashed and has recovered since yeah. then well it, well so leading to that we have this article um that we were checking out of course you got to do the pop-up now uh the u.s gdp booms at 33.1 percent rate in quarter three better than expected so i know this is uh you know down your alley of what you Woo -woo. were saying you're like this is gonna get better it's i believe the, in santa um <laughs> <laughs> so take it away man what do you what um, do you like about this and so it, it's just something to where yes we all know the economy 
just absolutely tanked. I think it was like 30 some percent uh, that it, it crashed, but the D- GDP did accelerate to 33.1% uh, in the third quarter, where and it was better than the 32% that was the estimate. And my point to that was that like that is great news because you think about it, if we crashed, say I just used the analogy earlier when we were talking that it needed more to get back to where we were at as far as a recovery. Right. But if you use the basis of, okay, say the economy was at a basis of 100 and it drops 30%. We're down at 70% of where we used to be. But then we recover additional 30%. Well, 30% of 70 is 21. 70 plus 21 puts us at 91% of where we were pre-COVID. So we're within nine points of where we were as far as like GDP goes of uh, from where we actually started. So that's, that's great news. And a lot of it is attributed to all the stimulus and the government spending that happened in the third quarter because the third quarter is when – all of that unemployment came along uh, with it, and all of the CARES Act, all of that money came in to still help float businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now you have this gridlock, and a lot of people are saying that, hey, this is really going to taper off. I was like, well, and that's where I think a lot of these uh, the senators are looking at, like, we don't want to spend another $2 trillion in the economy because they uh, they don't think it needs it. It's like if you saw a 30% recovery that uh, puts us within less than 10% of where we were in March with spending $3 trillion, like, why do we need to spend another $2 trillion to get us over that point with these massive unemployment benefits, all this money being pumped in the economy? Yeah. Like, we don't need it when we're already blowing the budget by, I think it's like 3 or $4 trillion of the government deficit for 2020. Mm-hmm. So that is absolutely insane. But what I thought was interesting as well, what uh, thing that attributed to this was a surge in business and residential investment among the stronger consumer activity helped the economy after its worst ever quarter to what's F, its worst ever quarter, uh, quarter two. Uh, personal consumption increased by 40.7%, while gross private domestic investment surged 83% amid a 59.3% increase of the residential of, on the residential side. Yeah. It, but something to keep a look at is that absent new stimulus and with COVID infection spreading rapidly, we're sticking to our 4% forecast for a Q4 growth through the margin of error here is at a large at this point to where they say like, Hey, it, there's so many things that can happen that they're saying, yeah, we're only going to say Q4 is going to grow 4%, but it could be 10%. It could be less because there's so, especially Q4 holding an election period. So now it, it's a, uh, it's a tricky it's you know and it's the thing that you and i have discussed time and time again about the whole recovery in q4 and q3 it's dependent on how the stimulus packages are going to be done right because they still they're still teeter-tottering between opening not opening the economy the vaccine i mean you know well, who the hell knows when a vaccine is going to come out? And well, even and when distribu- it does come and out, the distribution of it. it. Well, yeah, but even when it does come out, we don't know how many people are actually going to take it. Because last we heard was like forty percent of the people said they might take yeah. it. Right. So that's a very low percentage. So you have all these things happening. You have, um, I think, something that uh, personal opinion, guys. All right, don't don't crucify me for this. But uh, I think. I think Trump Choose has failed words. very <laughs> no I think Trump has failed uh in my opinion because he's hasn't committed to shit right he hasn't done the conservative route the republican way which probably should have been you lock down the economy for the first couple months get let the hospitals get ready get all the stuff ready do everything understand the virus a little which by then they already had a lot of data on the virus so understand all that and then 
reopen the full economy and just only take care of the people that are at risk. You know, those elderly people and people with pre-existing condition. Everybody else, get your ass back to work. Yes, you're going to get sick. And guess what? You're going to survive because it's a survival rate of like 99%. It's, I mean, it's insane. You're going to get sick. It's going to suck. You might not be able to taste well, I mean, food a, for a it's, while. It's, it's a, and then you move it's on. A, it's a cold for but, most people. Younger people, it's, right. like, it's no different than you just got but a he didn't, cold. But he didn't do that, right? And then the, the other side would have been stimulus for everybody, right? 600 a week. Nobody goes back to work. Everybody stays home. Free money for the whole world. He didn't do that either. Right. Because he did that first stimulus and then the next one never happened. So it's like you didn't do one side and you didn't do the other side. So now it's like we're stuck in the middle of a half opened economy, which now other states are threatening to shut down again and no stimulus for other people. So and it's like, well, that's what it's the worst of both sides. It was an absolute perfect storm. Because there was an election. Yeah. I like how, dare you have an opinion. how dare you have an opinion? I know. People tell me, John, don't have opinions, you know, but. But that, that's where it's like, because of it was an election year, it's like you had both sides that like one side wanted to destroy the other side where you have these economies that are completely shut down, <laughs> locked down. You have fear mongering uh, news media outlets and everything like that yeah. that are. Uh, making this so much more than it is because there's a motive, there's an alternative motive behind it to where Trump had, because it was an election, he had to help some of these people because the older people typically lean more conservative as they get older. So it's like, you couldn't just open it up. So he had to play some politics in there to where it's like, I get, I get you got to play politics. Don't get me wrong. I understand how the game is played. I get that, you know, politicians, you know, speak out of both holes and it's just, uh, no, wait. Just, just move past it. Move past it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where you're going with that, but usually it means you're going to say something like, just, just yeah. next thought. Okay, fine. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll mark uh, Molly's words over here, you know, safe space. Okay, I'll be quiet. Um, but um, I think you still got to commit, right? Yeah. So you have, that's where you, I think Biden gets the credit that they're committing to their side. They're, they're talking about free everything, you know, more money, more stimulus. Don't worry about it. You're going to be taken care of. Do I believe that's the wrong route? One thousand percent, because at, like we talked that we were talking about yesterday as we were heading to the meetup, it's that, OK, so you provide more stimulus, you provide more money, you you stimulate the 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 well, you don't stimulate the economy. You just give money to people. But at some point. The economy needs to get up and running yeah, again. Well, that's what I said. Like, you have to provide some form of value. And just giving money to people to stay home and not do anything with it. Like, when, just, and the majority it, were doing that because they were like, all you're I'm doing, making way too much money. Why the hell would I go to work? Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, is all you're doing is you're destroying value and replacing it with something that doesn't provide value. And over the long term, that is not a proper solution to where there has to be some exchange of goods besides just... I get money and I give it to you and you just give it like it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. So it just kind of stays in and that I mean, kind of death spiral. Ian uh, Bertini. What's up, sir? Uh, sharpest man in the business space. Uh, he puts on there. I think it's very easy to see in hindsight. Looking back, we can see where what errors we made in the moment. It's much harder to determine what actually needs to be done. I completely agree. I could. We're, we're Monday quarterbacking this, right? I'm just saying that doing the Monday quarterback, I think that's where we hit an issue. We didn't pick, he didn't pick one side or the other. And just looking at where the economy is looking at where we're heading. It's difficult to understand, like, 
then what is the answer? What what are you trying to go for? Because yeah. you're not opening the full economy and yet you're not providing all the stimulus that people need. And that's where my concern was. So then it's like, it, where are we going with this? Well, that was my concern when we talked about it. It's like when you get into this gridlock situation where some people aren't opening and they need money, other places are opening, they don't need money, right. and that just creates this massive gridlock. And then you add this election thing in here to where each side is saying, oh, we're trying to work with the other side. And then this one comes up a little bit. This side doesn't come down. It's like – it was a pure politics oh, uh, currently, and that's what I hate so much about it is like there's what 340 million people and uh, in the U.S. in the United States to where like you're holding all of us hostage because you guys are just trying to win an election to gain power, and that's where, like there are real people that yeah. are hurting, and it's like they're not getting what they need because you've created this environment to where Texas opened. Open for business. Bars are opening back up and we're, like traffic is coming back at, at an exponential rate, which I know I don't like. But on the other side of it, I do because it shows economies moving again. Mm -hmm. And our unemployment rate is far less than the national average. I think I did the oh, market yeah. update that comes out on Sunday. Like San Antonio is at 6.6% in um, unemployment. The national average is at 79 yeah. I was like, that's not a coincidence. It's the fact that our economy is open. And I'm sure if you went to, say, as a California, their unemployment is probably higher than the national average because they refuse to open. So you have this environment where you have both sides that are at, they've created it, and it, it, it sucks, and it hurts a lot of people. Well, yeah, and, and kind of picking up on that, we have this next article that we were reading on uh, U.S. Weekly Jobless Claims, total 751 versus the 778,000 that were expected. Okay, let's get those numbers right. Seven hundred uh jobless claims versus the obviously it's gonna be thousands. 000. Like it's not gonna be seven hundred and fifty one people. Um come on. Read between the lines, people. But so jobless claim, right? Like it's a low it's, yeah, it is good news. It's the lowest it's been since the, everything spiked back up in uh, mid March, I think it was. So that, that's good that jobless claims are coming back. The GDP growth is coming back. Um, the unemployment rate is dropping, but I'm now worried you know, like a lot of this stuff is backdated. Yeah. That doesn't take into account like what's now and looking into the future. And what I sit here and look into the future, what's going on based on how the last couple weeks have gone. It's just like, man, this could get really tough. But I do have faith in the American people's ability to look past that stuff and continue to work. Because that's where if you look at the news the past like six months, it's been pretty doom and gloom. But yet these numbers show that the economy is recovering and people are getting back to work. They are figuring out ways to live their lives and move past this. So uh, another, I mean, you can see it right here, what I'm looking at on the, um, on this webpage. This webpage is shadowstats.gov.com. Uh, uh, um, it's shadow government statistics. Uh, this, you know, take it for what it what you want, um, but the this person has been putting out this data of what real unemployment is, real inflation is, not what they use for adjusted information, you know, based on people that have dropped out of the market, yeah. people that are underemployed. And, you know, again, take it for what you want. But like, according to this, they're saying unemployment is actually 26.9%. Because even though this shows all, all these articles, they show like, you know, kind of what unemployment is at the moment and how low it is and all of this 
they kind of paint a rosier picture than might actually be because when you see how many people are needing stimulus, how many people are needing help, then and then they tell you, well, no, but look at where unemployment is. To me, I'm like, all right, the math here is not adding up. Like if you're telling me we have this low unemployment, but yet this amount of people need help, like what's going on, right? And and it's a lot of people that are just no longer filing for unemployment or people that don't qualify for it or people that are severely underemployed, right? That they just, they have jobs that couldn't sustain the bills. Uh, you know, they got to go live with somebody else. So they got to have two or three jobs. I mean, to me, that's still a problem. Yeah. You understand? That's still an issue because people are not generating the income. People are not having the jobs that generates the income. So when they try to push these numbers, why I, you know, I always have, I have an issue with them is I look at what I look at the market. I look at people, not the numbers. And when I look at people and I hear people saying all this and I'm like, Something doesn't add up here. Well, I mean, the, where's the truth? It's somewhere in it's somewhere in between. Uh, uh, it's like I, I don't I don't agree at twenty six point nine percent unemployment. I'm like a uh, quarter of the people unemployed. It's like, well, here we're when we're moving around. It's like I don't see rampant homelessness of people not employed. They were like, if Go you're to saying, California, yeah, you look at say we have two million people. Yeah, it's like you're saying five hundred thousand people are unemployed. It's like, uh, I don't see 500,000 people being unemployed because I go to California. I'm saying here in Texas. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> but uh, something that Tommy put on here that I really liked is that 340 million of us. We should always focus on what we can do, vice what the government does. We shall succeed despite the government, not because of it. And I was like, I like that. So we're going to well, survive not because of the government. We're going to it's because we're going to survive because we are who we are and we need to live our lives and we do have some grit. We do have some fight left in it. And I just want to think through this oh, that 1, I percent. I do like that it's like hey the American people won't just bend over and say, you can shut me down and you can take our entire country and we can't leave our house without permission from the government. Because I think you, they, they, I hope we never get to that point because I don't think they would try to do that because they know there's parts of this country that would absolutely rise up and just say, no, enough is enough and we're done. So, well, I mean, and that's honestly, uh, above all the crap I always give you about it, but that's really the reason why I moved to Texas, because I always felt that if shit was to hit the fan, I want to be in the state that could just give the middle finger to everybody and be like, we're out. See ya. <laughs> we're running our own shit. Um, and that's really why I moved here, why I love this state in that regard, because the weather sucks. But beyond the weather, it's still, for now, a free state. right? Yep. And it's still full of people that when push comes to shove and we've seen it right we saw with the polls i mean texas already had what was the percentage of people that showed oh, up 90 percent of uh early voting uh like Same. early voting 90 yeah. percent of we've hit 90 percent of our total votes from 2016 yeah in early voting like i don't know what it's up to now but just like far surpassed the number of people that early voted in 2016 yeah so and then that's exciting. I mean, it's exciting to see because uh, hopefully, right? <laughs> hopefully it's exciting. Hopefully it's exciting. Um, but it, it just shows like people are taking it serious. People are going out to vote. People are showing up um, and, and they have very strong opinions, you know, and people are in that. And I think that's what's necessary because let's say the wrong decision gets made this election, right? I'm not saying what that decision is, but let's well, say for half the country, it's going to be the wrong decision. So, well, let's say, right, the wrong decide. decision gets made in whichever direction with the amount of people that 
are participating and getting involved, what I think is that when that wrong decision gets made, they're going to understand it better. And what I'm hoping for, if that wrong decision gets made, that the next elections become better, that the next politicians become better. The next better. round of like, yeah. it, it, this, this hostility between both sides Insane. in our entire country Insane. to where like people are talking about, like, I mean, there's a lot of concern in some of the articles we're going to talk about next yeah. that it's like, they're pre almost preparing for civil war. They're like, we're just going to take some of these uh, powder kegs off the table for a little bit, just as an insurance policy in case things go south. Well, before we get to that, like kind of picking up on uh, keeping going with the unemployment and all these things going on, we have an article here about um, the bar situation in Bayer County, right? So you have a lot of bar owners that have been shut down and, and they've they're going out of business and you know the judge wolf nelson wolf the wolf or wolf what is it wolf what did uh, i say wolf wolf <laughs> i was barking at him because i think he's a douchebag but this judge that you know is unilaterally destroying bayer county said that 425 bars out of the nearly 3,000 in the county have remained closed but only 25 will reopen so that's I, I didn't know that many bars were even open um, when only 425 have remained closed. But you have bar owners that they're like, you know, I'm still out of business because they reopen. They're reopening at 50 percent with a bunch of limitations, a bunch of issues. They're like, it's not enough. Yeah. It's not enough to get this going. And kind of like, you know, leading to those topics is that when you start taking people's livelihoods and for a lot of these restaurant owners, bar owners, that was all they had. Mm -hmm. And when you start taking that away and you start not providing them help, I mean, I, how much was it? He said on here that they had put out, man, I think they put that in, in words and not numbers. So you would read over it. But it was like, what, $4 million or something? Oh, no, it's right there at the venue. Bear County Commission approved a $4 million grant program on Tuesday aimed specifically at the area's hit hard bar and restaurant or at the area's hit hard bar and restaurant industry. $4 million. Wow. I was like, to an individual, yeah, that's a lot of money. But when you spread that across not only own loan 3,000 bars, then you add all of the restaurants on top of that. And I'm sure there's probably two to three times the number of that. Like, what's that, like $5,000 per bar, $10,000 per bar? It's like, okay, you covered my overhead for one month, two months. Like, that's not enough. So. Yeah. And, well, and then it's also you have the like uh, uh, this guy was saying that well, the guy that's not happy about what they're doing with the bars, he's had to close down and 25 people have lost their jobs. Right. So you have bartenders, waiters, uh, DJs, all these people have lost their job. And when you look at it across 425 bars, you know what I mean? Like that's a lot of people that are going to be going jobless because if they don't get help. Like even they're opening up, but you know, people are not flooding to the bars, you know, and then that little bit of unemployment, that little bit of insecurity. Um, that's something that I even told my wife this past week that we need to make sure that we go grocery shopping and get everything this week because next week is election. Hopefully we can still do a coffee with the Johns next week. <laughs> um, but next week is elections and People are going to start flooding the market, the supermarkets and all of that. It's going to get crazy. So you have a lot of people on edge. You have a lot of people, you know, very stressed out, very upset with how everything is going. And 
more unemployment, more people going after minimum wage jobs because that's pretty much all they can get. I mean, you have people that were class qualified in a particular industry, but that's their skills. That's all their skills were at the time. So it's like like we've talked about before, you know, pilots. I, I remember in 08, most pilots were working at Home Depot stocking shelves. Right, because well, because their skills aren't, aren't transferable. Exactly, like, you fly planes. Like, what other industry does flying a plane give value to a company? And then it's also that we talked about where that the pilot, like, even if they have a management experience, what company is going to hire a manager from a different industry yeah. when they know it takes anywhere from a uh, twelve to eighteen months to turn a profit from that person because of the training, because of what their salary is to provide value to the company, when in two years they might just leave. Or in a year they go back to their industry that they were a part of. So yeah. they just like, well, we're just not going to hire that. We're going to look for somebody that might be here long term because they're well, looking to make an investment in their business, not investment and in that the was person. A, and that was the same the issue that happened back in 08, right? There were a lot of people that lost their jobs. And they had good, high-paying jobs. They were a good man management position or higher. And when they were looking for jobs, they were overqualified for every job because of yep. the same fear. They're like, I got you. I understand that you need a job and we have a job opening, but I don't want to be training somebody that I'm going to lose when everything changes again mm -hmm. and when things pick up. So it, I understand the business owner, but then it sucks for the employee because then it's like, what do we do then? You know, like, <laughs> you know. Damn if I do, damn if I don't. Yep. I'm screwed either way. And I, I think, you know, here um, Molly put it in a very nice way where she says these local businesses, that these are local businesses, not chains. They're local, right? Blood, sweat, and tears put into these places. Gone. It's heartbreaking. 100% agree with you. Um, it is very heartbreaking. And that's where I feel that the insecurity and the instability is going to come from is because of the amount of feelings that you're stomping on through your politics, yep. right? Through all these games that you guys are playing, well, through all I mean, the shit that they're doing. I mean, you disagree, I think, and if you could vote, it'd be illegal. If, what was it saying? Like, if you can... If your vote mattered, if allowed, if it, your would vote mattered it would be illegal. It's like, but if you stomp on enough people, I think that can change um, by their voting power of who these people are in power to where you can get sick of it and you can come about and be like, we're done. We want a yeah. whole new round of people. And I hope it does happen because I don't like the political situation that this no. country's in to where it's like East and West versus everybody in the middle. And it's like, exactly. it's not good, I think, for a country or for a world to have that kind of hostility. So, yeah. well, you know. and then, you know, kind of touching on more things we have uh, in this article, Uber and Lyft lose appeal against California labor laws order to classify drivers as employees. So this is a big issue. This is this is really a big issue because you have now California, they came out with uh, a AB5 law uh, at the beginning of January, which pretty much makes every gig job, they have to start classifying those people as employees. That means giving them benefits and doing all these things for them. That, to me, first, obviously, it's California, so, of course, they're going to do some asinine thing like this. But gig work is for that purpose of just, you know, you jump in when you need it, you jump out when you don't, you can fill in gaps. The whole point of Uber and Lyft, it was not as a job. It was not meant to be something that you, you know, you have a lifestyle well, it around. was a medium. It was, it was to connect a, a need and a want. 
in between. But now they're taking the the want of want to work to drive for somebody and the need. They're saying like, well, nope, that's an employee. And the reason is driving it is because of what they're saying is all of these Uber and Lyft drivers are independent contractors, which were now available for all this unemployment benefit from the state. And then they started dragging from all this stuff. But the companies like Uber, Lyft, Shopify, or not Shopify, uh, Instacart, they weren't paying into the social security and unemployment insurance benefits and things like that. They were getting out of that. So now it was basically well, allowing they, these people they to were, from because it. they were doing it for their actual employees. Yeah. Because but what it was a Uber, fraction of like, because the what over Uber people. and Lyft are, they're an app. They're yeah. not, a, they're oh, so not they're employing medium. these people. Yeah. They're an app they're, So it's like, it's like, I don't know if people, if we start making money off of Facebook and stuff, like we're saying, you know, start complaining to Mark Zuckerberg that he should pay for unemployment for us or, you know, employee benefits just because we're using Facebook to make money. Like that That's how I relate it. And yeah, I, think I agree. It's I'm asinine. I think it's ridiculous. And what you end up doing is you end up hurting these companies that at I'm, one point were here to help you increase your income when you needed it. Now you're making it more political. You're making it an issue. And I think you're going to make it harder for people to jump well, in. Well, I, I, I agree. And then it's like to Tommy's point is like they can leave. They can abandon California market just like Ben Shapiro, Joe Rogan, and Tesla have shown they will do. And they've even stated like if you enforce this, we will no longer service this area. And I'm curious if that was just a threat to see if they can get some some strong arm in there because it is on the ballot. They overturned it so it's not going into effect. But that's saying like now it's on the ballot that uh when the when the california votes they have the power to make them uh, um employees so they've pumped i think like 189 million dollars into marketing trying to let it out there say don't do this don't vote for this don't make us do this um and i'm curious like when that does change what direction are they going to go uh and if they do hold their true and they're like you guys not we're done we're not even gonna service this market and you have uber and lyft I don't think they would leave California just because they're tech companies, but I could see them being headquartered there and not even servicing the market where they're headquartered. Yeah, I mean, what's really going to dictate this is uh, next week they have um, Proposition 22 yep. that would exempt uh, these gig economy companies from that law. And, I mean, I, you know, I mean, I hope it passes, even though I could care less about California, but it's because if you keep screwing up California more and more, they're going to keep coming to Texas and I don't want them here because they've already screwed up one state and they're coming here and they're trying to do the same with Texas. They're coming here and they're still trying to, you know, they're trying to push Texas more blue and more, you know, in, in that way that California was. And it's like, guys, can we admit that this shit doesn't work? Why well, did you leave? That, we, I know you and I both listened to uh, Matthew McConaughey did some interview, a round of interviews. Yeah. And he's like, all he's right, like, all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> but he, he's put in there. He's like, he's like, uh, he talks about Austin because that's where he's from. Yeah. He's like, we're like this blueberry and this sea red. And he's like, man, we're friendly here. Texas is like, that's our way of living. Come on over this way. Like, you, we can all get along. He's like, but don't turn us into what you left. Like, yeah. realize why you left. What got you that situation? We can all get along here. We can have our different views, our different opinions, and be fine. But realize what got you to that point that made you leave the state that you liked and come here. And it's like, and that went by the way you guys voted and what, the government situation has turned it into out there yeah. and the problems they've have out there. Well, I so. mean, uh, finishing that article, they said, uh, these companies, Uber, Lyft, Instacart, Postmates, DoorDash, they've spent $189 million to back 
Proposition yeah, that's what 22. I said. I, I'm surprised I remember that number. Yeah. But insane. Yeah. That's an insane amount. They're just like, of course. I mean, California is such a big market. Most people that live there, they, you know, they have gone more towards Lyft, Uber, and all these, you know, platforms because it's just easier to travel. You don't pay yeah. car insurance. You're not paying oh, gas. I mean, I, I think mean, it's, I can't remember what it is. Like the renewal, like here in Texas, it doesn't cost us anything to renew our registration. Yeah. Uh, out there, it's like 800, 900 bucks every year just to renew your registration. And that, gov- it all goes to the government. So we're like, no, you know what? Screw it. No insurance, no registration, no, I don't even need a driver's license at that point. You just need an identification card. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's insane. Um, but this next article I thought was, uh, was interesting. I wanted to, have this conversation with and i would love to hear your guys uh feedback in the chat as well ceo emails 10 million customers to tell them to vote for biden um oh and like that god that, you read the article like the fear-mongering he put into the email yeah. about it it's like he basically put it like what was his quote um he said, we are facing an unprecedented attack on the foundation of democracy itself. If we are, if you are a U.S. citizen, anything less than a vote for Biden is a vote against democracy. And he's like, I'm saying a vote for Trump, a vote for a third-party candidate, or simply not voting at all. They are all the same. They all mean I care more about my favorite issues than democracy. It's like, yeah. dude. Well, like the world's not going to fall apart if one person gets elected. Like it's not going to explode and start World War Three where we're pushing nuke buttons all over the place. Like so. So this is the CEO of uh, Expensify. Uh, Expensify for a lot of business owners we used to use it for some time. Um, it's an it's a software. It's an app where you scan your receipt, your receipts, you manage your kind of like expenses. bookkeeping. You manage your expenses. Right. It, it, so it, it's a it's a good company. But what I'm more curious about is on the business side. I mean, I think the balls to email 10 million customers in the moment that we're in right now and tell them to vote for one person. I mean, that to me is insane. You know what I mean? As a business owner, I would never do that because as a business owner, I think that is damn near suicide because you're you're. You can lose potentially right now, as heated this as this thing is. Well, what's what's the statistics? It's saying like forty two percent of people will always vote Republican. Forty four will always present uh, vote Democratic. Mm-hmm. Uh, to where that's like, if you're base, you have ten million customers. You got to if you use those same numbers, that four point two million of your customers are hardcore Republicans and four point four are hardcore Democrats. Like you almost alienated half of your customer base. And then to put the fear mongering in there is saying like a vote for Trump or a third party or not voting of all is saying that you're voting against democracy. It's like, dude, I'm an American citizen and I believe in democracy and having a balance of power and it going both ways. But here to speak in a definite that you emailed your entire list that I think it's an abuse of the privacy that you have as a company of collecting all these emails. And now you're using it for a personal opinion. It's insane for a political gain. And that's where it's like, I, and a lot of us, a lot of people were mad that they saying that's an abuse of power that you collected these emails. And I think I agree that you decided to sign up for that purpose for that company, but you also have the freedom to say, you know what? Like there are, well, like we don't use Expensify anymore. We use receipt bank. Like there are other platforms out there to be like, receipt bank. It's like, I'm leaving. (laughs) I'm out. Or I agree that it's kind of a, company suicide to come out there with a statement like that uh to your entire base and then you have this article that i found hilarious 
Uh, this is a car wash actually by where I used to live and where you live now is San Antonio car wash doubles as political barometer. So they actually, so you can kind of see it here in the video a little bit, you know, they have a stall that's for Biden, one's for independent and one's for Trump. So depending on which stall you go into, you know, who you're voting for, or who you support, that's where you're going to get your car wash from. What's actually funny is that I've always used the one where Trump is at now because that one has all the brushes. The other ones are just the power of the water. So I was like, <laughs> get your back huh. rubbed. I was like, I wonder if this is on purpose. One actually gets your car clean and the other one just sprays water on you. <laughs> so, I, I just I had fun. I had fun oh, with this. Um, I was like, it's still, I think it's, it's a, as a business owner, I think this is actually a creative way of marketing because yeah. it got them on the news. Oh, you drive through it and you're like, whoa, hold on. Did they really yes. do that? Like. I'm gonna get my car washed just out of just out of fun. I would I would love to be I would love to just be standing there when you have kind of those rushes of people going into the car wash and seeing a bunch of people like you if know they, maybe all on one yeah, line if they stay and then in the, the other lines, ones like empty oh, like oh screw you and getting into yeah. these debates and all because they, I mean right there you're showing who you're supporting right yeah and everybody's seeing it and this is the oh, stuff that yeah. a lot of people are cautious about so. I saw that and I just thought first I thought it was I really, great marketing. I really wish they would post the stats on like this is the number well, they we've said, had through it. They said after elections they're gonna post a tally. Well, oh, so they cool. said this is why I didn't like. I think during at, at election they should post it regardless before the election comes out. What they said is once the whoever wins then they're gonna post it, and I'm like, well then I think that could be fudged. Yeah. Because if, let's say, Biden wins, then you can say, oh, yeah, look, we had more people go for Biden. But now we don't know, right? Like, post it before the elections. But like, on, no election on November day. 3rd, like, I mean, it's like at, at, at the 4th, yeah. on the morning, because I, I highly doubt on, was it Wednesday next week, we're going to know who the president is. I really think this is going to drag yeah. out because all of the oh, lawsuits, yeah. the the ballots were like a lot of them is uh, an article I put on here we're not going to get to. But I think it's somebody, Why they're not? allowed to count was it three days past election and some of them have until like the 10th to count absentee ballots and mail-in voting mm -hmm. Doris is like oh my goodness as long as it's postmarked by a certain date they can continue to count them as they trickle in because the infamous usps is notorious for just losing mail and no, it just reappearing three just, weeks later you're just so, so mean it, it's uh you and your facts um <laughs> But here's another thing, another article that was uh, I found very amusing is uh, voters remorse. Google getting hit with so many can I change my vote searches Tuesday it was peaking. Oh my God, uh, that I found very interesting. Like, can I change my vote? First of all, if you're looking to change your vote, that's most likely because you did not do your damn homework before voting and something happened either and chances are it's either the media or some famous person came out and said something that all of a sudden swayed your opinion right because yep. you don't have your own opinion you're using other people's and but the fact that they're getting hit you know nearly 16 million people have already casted their ballots and they're getting hit by the highest search engine being how can I change my vote? Or can I change my vote? And can the crazy I, thing was like, you wow. actually can. In some states, you can change your vote. And I think New York is one of them. Of to course. where like if you show up to the polls and vote, it will null and void uh, your absentee mail-in ballot. But that ballot. was uh, by yesterday, I believe? By October no, no, there's two, there two, there two different ones. There's another state that had the 30th. 
that okay. was or yesterday that you could say request another ballot and say your other one's null and void. And then there was another state, and I think it was New York, that you could go to the polls and vote. But I was like, how do you monitor that? If you have millions of ballots coming in, how do you find this one person or one or however many, 10 or 300, yeah. however that show up and vote again? Like, how do you know that person didn't vote twice now? Well, this is interesting. The other subregions where voters may be wishing they had a mulligan at the polls, according to the trend data throughout Tuesday, are Maine, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Florida, Florida, I'm surprised, Ohio, Arizona, North Carolina, and Iowa. All battleground states. Yep. So they're like, they're all wishing they had, but my thing is just goes back to that. What we were just saying, like, damn, like, you know, I think Molly said it perfectly where they're headline readers, right? Like these people are just, they're, oh yeah, we got to get out of vote. We got to get out. And then they go, and this is what I was saying. Like, even if the wrong person gets elected this year, regardless of what, you know, who you feel is the wrong person, people are more involved. And yeah. they're going to realize that, shit, we put the wrong person in here. And they're yeah. going to pay attention. And then they're going to start making, I hope, smarter decisions moving forward. Well, that's the whole pol political thing. Why it swings one way and then it swings back the other way. Right. And, like, and that's where I say it walks that line to where like the perfect is right in the middle that you, you're never going to have. So it's got to go left. Then it's got to go right. Then it's got to go left and right to get that. Our, our democracy and that's why it does work is because it can change it can flip-flop power does go from one way to the other the only part now is like the left and the right ideology is so far apart that it's like oh god uh that's a it's a big difference between the yeah. two and what their responses are so we wanted to talk about this article because uh it's something that we've been seeing come up a lot and we are kind of worried about it so walmart pulls guns and ammo from store display citing potential civil unrest um, that's that removing the powder keg just in case let's just pull this off the shelf right so you know first of all so I actually I was uh, I went this weekend I was buying some um, shotgun shells and I was talking to the guy there at the ammo stand and he was telling me because I asked him I was like why don't you guys have a uh, handgun ammo and man that guy had some opinions but he said that they started stopped selling you know semi-automatic uh ammo for rifles and handguns after the 2019 shooting that um of its stores in el paso el paso killed 23 people um they started they stopped selling all that and he's like they went as far as to stop selling the reload so all the stuff to make your own ammo i was like well, that's the thing, man. Like, you, you need to think about it. Somebody could potentially come into a store, sit down right there on the floor, and build out, you know, a good 10, 15 ba bullets, and then put them in their gun, and then start, he yeah. just starts laughing. And, you know, kind of making light of the situation. But the what I'm more interested in is Walmart is obviously feeling that there's going to be some level of unrest, civil unrest that's coming, right? There's an is, inherent risk of it. And that's where I, I said I think they're taking that, like, that – powder keg off the table like just but in case because walmart's think, do get ransacked yeah but do you think that the fact that walmart is doing it could lead to civil unrest because maybe people 
are not there, but now the fact that Walmart is kind of saying, okay, let me start protecting my... Kind of well, like when you start seeing a run on the market, yeah, on the supermarkets, supermarket. you see more people running well, to it. Uh, I, I think there is, there could be some of that, but I think ammo is different than... Because uh, there was already a shortage. It's extremely hard to get any ammo anywhere. At least uh, for a decent price. Yeah. Uh, 380 selling at $55 a yeah, box. I was buying it for 13 Woo. bucks like six months ago. Um, but... That's where I think I don't think so much. I mean, with the grocery stores, exactly. If they start like running out of stock, that makes everyone run like, oh my God, they're actually running out. They're not going to have it. So let's go there and let's hoard everything to where Walmart pulling just guns and ammo or bullets off of the shelves. It could be just that like we're out. Just kind of you go to walk through an academy and they're it's very slim pickings and what they might have like it's all just high power rifle ammo and shotgun ammo, yeah. uh, and it's bird shot, not even like buckshot. So. Oh, yeah. You kind of just add that to it. Well, what do you use Buckshot for? <laughs> that's <laughs> well, what they're exactly. trying to prevent. Um, but I think it's not it's something that's going to add to the civil unrest. I think it's just an insurance policy of like when places get looted, it's these massive department stores that happen. Like, as you see online, it's these, the Targets, the Walmarts, to where they, they just don't want to add that extra stuff to it. To where it's like, you know what, let's just hold off. And not have it out there. But to me, it's like, well, the shotgun does in close range does just as much damage as the handgun does, potentially more. So, I don't, and I mean, we talked about this before, and I mean, this is something that we can kind of get into a little deeper now is, you know, the, the potential civil unrest. I mean, I think next week, I would say, you know, just be more cautious when you go places and everything because people are going to really be on edge. Um, the chances that we, find out who the president is going to be next week i think are very low unless there's like for whatever reason a landslide i mean they've been shocked by the amount of people that have actually showed up to vote versus the people that have done mail-in ballots they thought yeah. it was going to be a much that's why they say number. these polls are like we don't know if these this polling numbers are accurate because people are coming out of the woodworks that polls never took into account that could vote as like the number of people that are registering to vote. There's like, Oh my God. Like we just never even thought this, this type of person would ever register. What do you mean vote. that the, the polling could be accurate What too many people voting can not make it accurate. Exactly. Well, it's the same really? like people that just, that just showed up. Cause like they go off, they go off of historical data. And like it's four years old, two to four years old of people that are voting. They're trying to get their best projection on where it can go based off historical data and the type of people that voted. Yeah. And then they call those people. But there's people that are coming out of the woodworks that never would have voted in rural areas that just, I mean, they're living their lives. They're not political by any means. And it just kind of goes by the wayside. But now with like technology, like, God, you can't go anywhere. You can't sign on anything without saying, hey, register to vote, register to vote, register to vote, register to vote. And, and it's it, easy to register. And it is easy to register. And all of that is right. allowing people to uh, um, get out and go vote that they never would have thought of. And that's why they're saying the polls can not be accurate. And That's scary, I mean, though, that the polls cannot be accurate because... Oh, the poll. Okay, no. So you're talking about the polls of what they project, yeah. but not the actual polls. No, not the not actual the people, polls. Not the people actual voting. voting. Um, okay, yeah, no, okay. No, no, no. I, I was just saying like the. I was about to say, what the hell is that? Like, no, what, too many no, people no, show no, up no, no. and the or polls they, crash. Or they say like uh, Biden's holding double-digit leads across the entire ah, country. They, they weren't like, accurate back in when Trump uh, ran against Hillary. There you go. Um, <laughs> I, got, I got nervous for a second. I was like, no, but okay. I have a nickname for her, God forbid, but um, against the real estate agent. So he, when he ran against her, like all the polls everywhere had her winning 
easy. She yeah. probably even thought she was going to win easy. And then Trump took states that were always blue. Yeah. I mean, he took, he took everything, right? He took a lot of the Rust Belt. Uh, you know, some people say thanks to Russia, whatever your you know, preference is there. But it happened. Yeah. So when people say, oh, the polls are, I don't believe that crap. I mean, to me, it's like, oh, well, you have a No, look, don't believe it. Get out there. Cast your vote. Do your thing. Because you cannot depend on hoping that people do the right thing. Right? Because if it was disappointing for you for Trump to win, you should have shown up. Yep. You know what I mean? And now if you don't want Trump to win or you don't want Biden to win, you should show up. Um, I don't know if is vo vo early voting done by today, Friday. Yeah, I think today's the yeah last today's the last day for early voting in Texas. In Texas, uh, it's, it's okay. state specific on what. They I mean, allow. if you didn't do early voting, then uh, your next shot is going to be Tuesday. And if you really have an opinion on all this, you should get out there and do it. But that being said, again, I think we are going to have civil unrest. I think honestly, we're to gonna an have extent. I, I don't know if it it or what. I mean. Obviously, all of us hope that it doesn't go anywhere and it just kind of just, eh, it was all just hearsay and hear talk. But, I mean, God, after Trump won in uh, 2016, you saw it's some a, of the coasts just go nuts. It's a different, but think about it this way. We're in a different market now. Yeah. With with all this pent up anger and hostility and stress that we have already Especially from people the because of COVID. Especially like you add right. this on top of it. It's like. You, you, you have all this stuff with the COVID. Then you have all these, you know, bars, restaurants, all these people losing their jobs, losing their business, losing their livelihoods. All of this going on. Yeah. Emotions are so wound up. We saw that last night at our at the talk that we gave. We actually got kind of heckled by this lady that she was very emotional. Um, she was uh, she was a Democrat and she started early on. She told she, us she was. It's not yeah. that we're speculating. No, 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 no. no. She, but that's where I'm going at us. is that early on in the night, she made that a point, kind of like trying to instigate stuff with other people. And what was funny is that nobody else cared. Yeah. Right. It's like it's fine. You could be a Democrat, Republican, independent. Nobody cares. We're here yeah. to network. We're here to care about our business. But she was kind of really worked up, and then she kept trying to catch us. Oh, when, she kept trying to argue talk. with us, and we just kept yeah. going back. But eventually, the crowd started turning against her, and it was like, ooh, because like, you know, yeah. it was like you're losing the crowd. Like the people you're sitting next to are yeah. getting irritated that your 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 man the manner that you're carrying yourself at this event when we're trying to talk and right. just have an ed educate people about real estate and <laughs> how we uh, see the business from the buy and hold standpoint and it was a buy and hold meetup we're talking about buy and holds and like she just wanted to argue and it's like lady we're not trying to argue with your points i mean she just kept pressing at it like but what have you changed but what have you specifically changed oh, like yeah, my she, god or or what was funny is that you know like how how her landlords or people that she manages have been so severely affected and she did she could not accept that we haven't been affected and i'm like what the hell do you want me to tell you we I'm haven't like, been affected honest. like, like I'm, we don't lie. We don't i'm not saying code. that people haven't been it's just we haven't been yeah. you know oh yeah but what have you changed i'm like you know because my people you know from x number of years they've been affected and then I wanted to say this, but I kind of said it under my breath. It's like, well, maybe they should learn to invest, you know, yeah. because like, well, that's why you hold your opinions. And that's why times. I got to be careful. And but <laughs> you guys did give me some beers and that further gets rid of my filter. Um, but Lorenzo here, I, I, he says uh, she was feisty as F. Um, see, I filter there. Yeah. I didn't say the full word. 
Um, but yeah, she was. And but where I'm going at is that you have those people, and 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 when I'm I'm seeing them all across Facebook, all over the place, where people are just eager to give out their opinions well, just, like, in, in an aggressive people, way. Some though. people just want to argue, and like that's where like all these riots. I think yeah. were in like May after the George Floyd um, haters going to hate. <laughs> where like people ran out to the streets and like in that and the way social media allows this stuff to spread so quickly that more people got out there more people showed up and that's when the riot and looting because like people were pissed they're stuck in their houses for two three months at a time they're out of work they see the economy being destroyed they feel that is very some people feel like it's extremely unfair and unjust that everything i've worked for just one person or people can unilaterally come across and say i get it but nobody cares for the sake of the good we're gonna shut you down and just ruin your life so the rest of us can prosper yeah. um and if you don't believe in that it, it creates a lot of anger so well, I, I do agree that there yeah. that can add up i mean i don't know because they say texas is turning more of like a very purple state and that that's where i think a lot of it can have where you have the two sides that aren't just all right or all left it's it's in the middle to where you can have that actual battle to where in the coast it's usually um people that think the same politically um the ideologies are the same mm -hmm. to where they just get out and they're they're all just mad at anything but well, here then, you have both what, sides what that have it or too, just, that just as strong they're, they're angry right then they watch the news that validates their anger then they go on social media platforms that further increases their anger because they only see the things that they want to see. Social media wants you on their platform, so it gives you the things that you pay attention to. Exactly. So you're paying attention to that. It's feeding you more of that, so you it keeps increasing your anger even further. You keep hanging out with angrier people, right? And, I mean, you're not taking control of your own emotions. You're letting the media, uh, social media, other people control your emotions. So it's getting to a point where it's like I, I see the boiling pot. I see it when I go out places. like Because I test it. I kind of try to you know poke at people and see how they react. Um, in case you, no. you guys haven't noticed, I, I like poking. Um but I, I kind of test it a little bit like, well, I'll remove my mask a little bit or I just won't wear it and see what it is. And you can see people like the irritation when they see that, you know, or then you, somebody and <laughs> this happened at H-E-B. I went in. Um, honestly, I was distracted. I was in my own world. I went in. I had no mask on. I didn't even know where the hell my mask was. I went in. Nobody said shit. I'm going through. And then this guy is like walking by. He's like. That boy, that's what's up, hey, high five. And I'm like, uh, hi. And I was like, wow, you're very optimistic. And I didn't realize what was going on. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, because I didn't have a mask on. And I'm like, wow. Uh, you know, why go that to that extreme where you're you thinking like I'm revolting or some shit? Well, and that's what I said. Like a lot like, of this has turned into a political yeah. battle, and to where it's like it's you either left or you're right. There's no in between in the middle, and that's where I kind of tell people like the world is not gonna come to a screeching halt, and it's just gonna be apocalyptic scenario where everybody just dies all of a sudden. Like the Hopefully. world is going to go on. The we have been here in the world. If you look back in history, like oh, yeah. we've had times where you have like civil wars, you have ideologies that go, nobody wants to see that, but it has happened and look where we are. So what are We're, you saying that there's a chance of a civil war? Well, there's always a chance that something could happen. I well, mean, no, a, no, a meteor no, could no, 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 I'm <laughs> saying, do you think there's a chance? No, of a I don't civil think war? there's a chance that there's going to be a civil war. I think we're beyond that as a society to go to that level, to that extreme, to that, to that extreme. And it's because I don't think it's, 
as bad as it was back then and uh, of like when we actually had a civil war here in the United States. Um, I mean, but there's always a chance that it, it could get and it could be wrong. But I think there – I don't think it's gone that far. I think there's going to be some unrest. But with time, I think we're more of a civilized society that is like, hey, it's not going to go that far here in yeah. our own country. And I mean, I, I and that's really the point. Like this whole – podcast this episode that we do coffee with the johns i understand that a lot of times the news may seem grim right it may seem like damn you guys have all negative news but it's not negative news it's just news yeah it's how you interpret it that makes it positive or negative right like when we look at all these things we look at all these stats what we're interpreting is okay what is that going to mean for us what is that going to mean for our business how do we need to pivot how do we need to protect ourselves protect our family you know it's it's not good or bad it's just news um news hasn't been good or bad for years you know what i mean like it's been the same like you it doesn't matter whether we had a great economy a terrible economy it's you've always had shit news all the time because that's what sells right that the media doesn't put out great news because nobody cares about when things are going good yeah. they only care because as animals right with this two million year old brain that we have we care about our own survival, our own protection, right? And what does that mean is that we are always looking for danger. We're yeah. not looking for the good stuff. You know, the good stuff actually has to come out of you to look for it. Well, I mean, that's what I said even last night. Like, if you just ignored the news, you turned off all social media, and you just kind of not say stuck your head in the, your head in the sand. But if yeah. you just didn't read any of the news headlines, you didn't get on social media and stuff like that, and you went out and interacted, like, you realize, like, Life is actually pretty good because last night, like, there was a lot of a lot of people there. They're all smiling, yeah. having fun. They're just like, man, it's really good to get out here and see yeah. that. Where they're like, the hosts didn't know. Like, we just we didn't know if it was going to be you two and us and the kids sitting here talking to each other. But they actually had a really good turnout because there are yeah. people and like. Most of the people there, besides the one, were actually very happy, very friendly, and we got out and talked. Yeah. And if you weren't paying attention to the news, you wouldn't know anything was even really going on. Well, I mean, and one thing that you and I always talk about is that I get my news from you or my wife because I don't watch the news. Yeah. Aside from when we actually started doing the Coffee with the Johns, uh, episode 10. I mean, if you guys are enjoying this, share it, you know, subscribe to this. Uh, Hit the like button. We, yeah, uh, we we love doing this and we love providing this value for you guys. So if you guys are enjoying it, you know, help us out by sharing it and telling other people. But when I, I never paid attention to the news, like I don't watch Fox, CNN, all of those, because every time I watch them, the way that you hate social media is how I hate the news. Every time I see Fox or CNN... This is why I tell you we gotta be careful with the, with what we say, cause then man, uh, big big brother is watching and they start cutting our internet connection. So we weren't saying anything bad about the media. We weren't saying anything bad about anything. Um, everybody is so good. We love the media. We love Facebook. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Um, but yeah, to right. the situation, I swear to God. But well, well with that, um, we'll kind of just start wrapping up. Um, I hope uh, you guys got some value out of this. And the biggest thing is uh, I, I understand that there's a lot of fear in the market right now. And there's a lot of fear in people. And a lot of times we have a thing that we try to ignore our fear because it's um, it's either not manly or, or it's not you know it's whatever it scares us right but you got to acknowledge that you're afraid you got to understand you're afraid it's okay to be afraid 
You understand? It's okay. What it's not okay is that it paralyzes you. So it's all right to be afraid in these times, but get educated. Don't get paralyzed. Don't let this time stop you. You understand? Get get around people that are also looking for solutions and not people that spend their time whining and complaining. I cut off everybody that whines and complains all the time because I could care less about that. You understand? I have other priorities in my life. I have other people that matter more. So it's okay to have fear. Understand that you have fear, but don't let it paralyze you. So with that being said, um, I want to thank everybody for watching. Uh, you know, it's, it's been a great episode. We have a, we had a quite a bit of you. I love the engagement in the chat. You, you know, please keep engaging, keep sharing, keep, you know, sharing the message and, and keep getting educated guys. Like, you, you really need to educate yourselves. You really need I mean, to look at both sides. Op- my thing is like, I always say like formulate your own opinion. Don't listen to just one side. I mean, listen to the side that you believe on, but then look for the conflicting side. Yeah. So that's what we try to do, especially with the show. We try to find like people that disagree, like the gentleman from Expensify. Like obviously he strongly disagrees. Try to find out why does he disagree so much? Like what is the situation and formulate your own opinion. Don't let somebody else control your opinion in the way you think there's, like I said, there's a left, there's a right, there's a middle, find that middle ground and understand both sides and formulate your own opinion and think for yourself. And I, and I think that's a excellent point to end on. Stand in the middle of the coin. Look on both sides. Don't go on either side. Just stand in the middle, understand it, and think for yourself. Exactly. So thank you all for watching. Uh, have a good week. Have a great Get week. Get out there and vote if you haven't. And hopefully, just hunker down. It's yeah, going to be okay. The hopefully we don't have on. a crazy, crazy uh, next week. Uh, and we'll see how that turns out. And we will catch you next week for I'm sure Coffee be with a the Johns. And yeah, it's going to be another fun episode. So make sure to share it. Let people know about next week. And uh, let's have another lively conversation and good opinions and good turnout. So thank you all for watching and we'll catch you in the next one. Bye bye.